Colonial Woods Missionary Church presents Keys to Confident Living. Hi, my name is Randy Kanikowski, and I was recently baptized. I was raised a Catholic and went to Catholic school for nine years, went to church all but Saturdays. And, uh, you know, I knew Christ died for, my, for me, but I didn't really know what that meant. I was always full of anger, had to control everything, and uh, that's really how my life has gone. And then one day, there was a crisis in our family, and I really had no control of the situation. You know, after all the hurt, all the anger, and trying to control the situation, it was at that point that I realized the only person that could to control the situation or change it was Jesus. You know, at work, I used to be angry. Uh, I'm on deadlines to get things done for the month end and yelling at salesmen and just showing my anger. And, and uh, since that time, that's all gone away. I, I try to live my life as a, a Christian would. And not just when I'm with other Christians, but with, when I'm at work, show that example. I think that's the best thing I can do you know, show myself to people around me. It was my public showing that, yes, I want everybody to know that I belong to Christ and I'm here to do what he wants me to do. He died for me. He forgave all my sins. That's what baptism, I wanted everybody to know that. Oh, man, I love those. Well, good morning, Colonial Woods. Great to see you this morning. How you doing this morning? You look good. You look good. Those who are watching on live stream right now, you look good too. I'm glad you're with us this morning. If you have your Bibles, I'm going to have you take them and turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. We'll get there in just a little bit. It's where we're going to headquarter for today's message, but it's not where we're going to start. We're actually going to start in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 5 verse 17, but you don't have to necessarily turn there. As we begin a new series called Repurpose, it's this whole idea that the old has gone, the new has come. By the way, that was great, that baptism video, and so much fun a couple of uh, Sunday nights ago. Got together uh, down at Fort Gratiot or up on Fort Gratiot Beach and went down and we were kind of, we thought there might be a storm, but it wasn't a storm. It would actually turn out really good. And it, one of the neat things is when we, were, uh, when we were doing the baptism, it had rained a little bit and there was a double rainbow that started to show. In fact, Jack kind of brought it to my attention again this morning how men in the morning, we had a, a great celebration of the covenant of communion and then we had baptism and then it was God's promise right above it was really neat. Uh, the other thing that was there that maybe some of you didn't know about, I didn't know about until after the whole night was over, is evidently there was a, a gentleman that was, uh, let me just call it, he was, he was a little, he was, he was, he was plump, and uh, he was uh, shirtless, and he was in a kayak, and decided he wanted a really good view, and so he positioned himself just out beyond us, so every photograph has this guy in it. Uh, so anyway, if that was you, by the way, uh, hey, you're in almost all of our baptism pictures, and welcome to the family. We're glad you're here. Oh, one of my favorite verses when I became a believer that uh, jumped out at me is found in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Now, the whole passage is awesome. 
We may take a look at that whole passage later in the series. But it's this very simple promise. It's a promise, a declaration. It's a verse. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone. The new has come. Uh, Pastor Dan brought it to my attention this week that that word new doesn't mean that you get that it, it's a, you're starting over from scratch, but rather it's a quality that is added that brings something into its newest significance. I don't know how many of you like to watch the uh, the television shows that they they take something piece of junk or something like that and they make it into something else and and that's kind of been a big trend. In fact, there's magazines or online articles. There's all kinds of websites you can get to on how you can take something that that has an ordinary use and then give it a different use. I actually got one the other day. I went by a garage sale and I picked up a tub, an old galvanized tub. Uh, my mom, we used to put apples in them and we used to uh, actually we when I was really little we used to swim in it that was our that was our big swim uh, swim thing we put cold water in it jump in it as kids and that was our swimming pool well I the thing for us now is we use those all the time for either flowers or for gardening and so next year it's going to have tomatoes in it on our deck it's just a repurpose of something from its original maybe the original look into something that's a new usefulness when we come into a relationship with Jesus Christ, I think sometimes we think that we're just the same old person who maybe God puts a band-aid on and it's just going to be the way we are until we make it through this life and get to heaven. But, but there's a promise in God's word that when a person comes into a relationship with Jesus Christ, we're a new creation. God takes us, repurposes us for something that, that maybe we weren't headed toward before. I know for my life, he redirected my life in your life. He, he took some things in your life, whether they be relationships or, or whether they be uh, your career calling or maybe just what you were living life for, and he redirects it in a new and a significant way. And I think sometimes when we go through life, we're, we can be kind of messy and we get discouraged because we don't really believe, we feel, we feel like we're the exception to God's rule. I want to take you over to 1 Corinthians chapter 6 today. A number of years ago, this passage really impacted me as I took a look at a messy church, the church of Corinth. Now let me give you a little bit of background before we read this passage. Corinth is a messy church. They are definitely carnal, meaning they are being led by the flesh. I would tell you, I, I think there's an awful lot within the church of Corinth that looks an awful lot like the past. They have all kinds of divisions among them. They're fighting amongst each other. Even on things of faith, they're, they're arguing over who's the best because of who baptized them. They have sinful relationships inside and outside of their own nuclear family, chapter 5. Chapter 6, they have lawsuits between believers. Chapter 7, there's breakdown in marriage relationships and covenants. It's a messy church. And here's what Paul writes in chapter 6, verse 9. Do you not know that the wicked will not inherit the kingdom of God. Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral or idolaters or adulterers 
or male prostitutes, nor homosexual offenders, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanderers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And oh, by the way, can I tell you that is not an exhaustive list. When scripture lists that many types of sin, you, could, you can infer that and so on. It could just keep on going. So if you didn't happen to be in that list, doesn't mean, doesn't mean you're off the hook. And that is what some of you were. Say that with me, would you? And that is what some of you were. But you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. I love this verse. I love the verse because of that little phrase, and that's what some of you were. You're not the same anymore. The old has gone. The new has come. There's a new purpose in your life. You don't have to keep living in that same fashion. You don't have to be identified by that past. That, that, that which was part of your life doesn't need to be part of your life anymore because when you're in Christ, you're a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. He has, he has added the Spirit of God into your life. He has forgiven your sins. In fact, Paul uses three words in this passage to describe what happens to you when you come into a relationship with Jesus Christ. And the first good news, if you're a messy today, is that in Christ, I am clean. Can you say that with me? In Christ, I am clean. And if you're here this morning and you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you are clean. Notice what he says. He says, and that is what some of you were, but you were washed. You were washed. The idea that comes with that comes out of actually Titus chapter 3. It says, but when the kindness and love of God our Savior appeared to us, he saved us not because of the righteous things that we've done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and the renewal of the Holy Spirit. One of the things that I hear most often when I want to talk to people about, about uh, baptism, and I'll say, hey, why do, you, why do you want to be baptized? One of the more common phrases that I get is that, well, I want to be washed, I, wanna, I, wanna, I want my sins to be forgiven. And I, and I always make sure I take time to explain to them that you do realize that you don't have to just be baptized. You don't have to wait till then for your sins to be washed away because our sins are washed away when we come into a relationship with Jesus Christ. And he can forgive us even at this very moment. I mean, I wouldn't want to go through another day without being baptized if that's what I really believed. I, 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 I want you to know that that's just a picture of what God wants to do in your heart today. And the two concepts that jump out of this is this idea that washing means I'm clean, I'm cleansed. The stain of sin is gone. 
1 John chapter 1, verse 9 says that if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's not Pastor Phil telling you that. That's the word of God declaring it. If you, if you believe the word of God is God's word and you believe it tells us the story of Jesus Christ and what it means to be a Christian, all throughout the New Testament, that when you come into a relationship with Christ, the stain of sin is gone. You're washed. I had a guy by the name of Lauren a number of years ago that uh, had come into relationship with Jesus Christ. And uh, he had watched his sister get baptized. After his sister got baptized, his two brothers both came to the Lord and got baptized. And watching his whole family go through that transformation, he decided that he wanted to come to Christ and to get baptized. And so he did. And it was probably a month or two after he came to Christ, he walks into my office and uh, comes down to the hallway and knocks on the door. And I said, hey, Lauren, come on in. <laughs> and he had this very sheepish, embarrassed look on his face. And he said, hey, sit down. And he said, uh, I said, what's going on? And he had exploded at work. It had been an ugly, ugly day, and he ran off, or not run off, but he, he quit his job, and he was, you know, it was bad. It was ugly. He told me the whole story, and I said, okay, well, why are you here? And this is what he said. I, I, I got to get rewashed. He said, I got to get rewashed. And I said, what? what? He goes, I, I got to get, I got to, he knew he had sinned. He knew, and, and, and he, he thought he had to start all over again. I said, hey, let me ask you a question, Lauren. Did you ever get mad at work before? He goes, oh, I get mad all the time. I got a terrible temper. I said, did you ever care? He said, well, no, not really. I said, you feel terrible about what you did. I said, Lauren, that is the greatest evidence to me that the Spirit of God is living in your heart because he won't let you stay where you're at. And I said, now let me tell you, we can come before the Lord, confess our sins, he will forgive our sins, cleanse us from all unrighteousness, but you don't have to go through the whole ceremony again, right? Because this is a relationship, and that brings me to point number two. See, washing doesn't just mean that I am clean and cleansed, but the word renewal means that I am made new. It's called regeneration, brought to life again. That when a person steps into a relationship with Jesus Christ, God doesn't just wash you of your sin and good luck to you. No, what he does is the seed of the Holy Spirit is planted within your heart. He begins to do this work whereby he begins to transform your life. He begins to grow in your life. He begins to, he begins to take over areas of your life. And so when we see the list of the fruit of the Spirit, which is love and joy and peace and, and all the different aspects that come out of the fruit of the Spirit, these things begin to develop in my life because he has washed me and he is now filling me and changing me. I am a brand new creation. The old has gone. On. the new has come the enemy would love to convince you that you're the same old person you used to be and that's a lie in Christ I am clean number two got some more good news for you this morning number two is that good news in Christ I am set apart for a holy purpose Say that with me, would you? In Christ, I am set apart 
for a holy purpose. Now, for many of you, this is not a new concept. This is my favorite way to describe the word sanctification. It's a great word. He says, you were washed, you were sanctified. Now, that word sanctified, I'm really amazed at how people like to argue about it. It's an incredible biblical word. It is one of the great promises in Scripture. And I remember when I was in college uh, that there were individuals in our community, they always wanted to argue over what it meant to be sanctified. Well, let me just tell you, it is an incredibly biblical word that has two concepts. Most people argue over which concept. No, it's this concept. No, it's this concept. No, it's both of them. The first idea of being sanctified, it's a work of consecration. To consecrate something means that it has been set apart for God's use, a holy purpose. I, I, most oftentimes I mention this stool. This stool has been set aside for a holy purpose. When it, it, It's just a normal stool. I think Dwight Weber bought it for me. I think it's because he didn't want me stealing his all the time. Yeah, my name's written on the bottom of it. It just so happens, just so you know, in case you ever try to steal it. And just so you know, there's an identifying characteristic. There's a big dimple in here. I think Bruce stood on it or something. That must have been it. But anyway, there's a big chunk out of it. So uh, I'm just going to tell you, I know what this stool looks like. And the fact is, is because I use it to preach from, for me, I believe it's been consecrated. That's the only thing I use it for. I, I use it to teach. I use it to preach God's word. It has a holy purpose. In the Old Testament, the items of the tabernacle and the temple would be consecrated for God's use. Whether it was the Ark of the Covenant, whether it was the golden lampstand, whether it was the, the bowl of, of uh, incense, all of it, it's just something ordinary that became extraordinary because it was set aside for a holy purpose. When you come into a relationship with Jesus Christ, he washes you. He changes you. The seed of the Holy Spirit begins to work in your life. But then in God's eyes, he sets you apart for a holy purpose that is tremendous value. The old has gone. The new has come. Now, the second meaning of the word sanctified means that I have been cleansed. It is a changing of my character. Both of them are fully biblical. If you find individuals who like to argue one or the other in Scripture, I will tell you more often than not, they're both true. The full, complete understanding is that, yes, I have been set aside for a holy purpose. In God's eyes, I am made holy through the blood of Jesus Christ. But in my character, I'm being changed. I'm being cleansed. I am being uh, continually worked on in my character by the Spirit of the living God. And there are two primary, uh, or, or there's, a, a, there's a concept that comes out of this that I want to make sure that we catch. Because the enemy would love to lie to you and like to say that, you know what, because of your past, you don't really have that much value. But I want you to understand that value is always determined by the price that is paid for something. Something. 
And you were paid for by the blood of Jesus Christ. When God looked at you and said, how much would you pay? He said, I'll give my son. The next time the enemy tries to make you feel like you're worthless, either because of your past, or maybe it's just because you you catch culture and what culture puts value on, or I'm not beautiful, or I'm not fit enough, or I'm not successful enough, and I'm not really worth all that, or I'm a little bit shy, or I'm a little bit too talkative, and I put my foot in my mouth. Hmm, Done that before. The value of my life and the value of your life spiritually in God's eyes is determined by the price that he has paid. He paid the highest price you could possibly pay for someone. You are incredibly valuable. So the good news is I've been washed. The good news is that I have been sanctified. I have been set apart for a holy purpose and I am being changed in my character by the work of the Spirit of God. There's a third concept that comes out of this. He says that in Christ, my record is clean. Can you say that with me? In Christ, my record is clean. Now there's two ideas that come out of the word justification. He says you've been justified. Justified is an accounting term. Justified has with it a legal concept. And I'm going to try to explain those. First of all, the word justified means it's just as if I never did it. That's the idea. It's the idea. In fact, when you, when you think of the word justified, I never knew this until just a couple of years ago, that when you have debits and credits in an accounting concept, that when you make the two sides equal, that means you're justifying the accounts. You're, you're bringing them into where they need to be. And when Christ died for my sins and when I accepted what he did for my life, that in, that doesn't, in God's eyes, he, he balanced the scales. He paid for my sins. It's just as if I never did it. In fact, what's interesting, what Scripture says, it says, therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God. The scale has been balanced. The accounting ledger has been balanced. And we have peace with God because of that through Jesus Christ. He says he has removed our sins as far as the east is from the west. And if you've never heard this before, you cannot measure east from west. You can measure north from south. You go to the north pole, go to the south pole, you can measure that distance. You cannot measure east from west. Isn't it interesting in something that you would think is as insignificant as somebody just saying directions, the word of God is so inspired that before they even knew this truth, they taught the truth of how far east from west, there is no east from west. You start going west, you'll start heading east. You just end up east. You cannot, you cannot separate east from west. You go west, you're always going west. You go east, you're always going east. There is no east pole, no west pole, as far as I know. Lee? Okay, I'm I'm good. Lee told me. If you disagree with me, talk to Lee. The second concept of justified is that my record has been expunged. I love that word because I like saying expunged. Say it with me. It's just fun. Expunged. Expunged is a legal 
term. It, it literally just means this, to wipe something clean. But I went to the American Bar Association's website and I just wanted to find out, what is the definition of expunged? Here's what it means. To expunge is to erase or completely remove something in law. In the law, expunged is the process by which a record of a criminal conviction is destroyed or sealed from state or federal record. An expungement orders, uh, order directs the court to treat the criminal conviction as though it never occurred. Essentially, you are removing it from the defendant's criminal record as well as ideally from the public record. Get this. Colossians chapter 2, verse 13 to 15. When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your sinful nature, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all of our sins, having, here it is, canceled them from the written code with its regulations that was against us and that stood opposed to us. He took it away, nailing it, to the cross. Do you know what the phrase canceled the written code means? It means to erase something completely so that there is no evidence of remain. It is the idea of taking something written in a non-permanent ink, wiping it with a sponge, so that it is completely clean. And you're saying, well, pastor, I don't feel that way. I don't care. <laughs> no, seriously, I don't care. I've been on a journey trying to lose some weight. I weigh myself at the doctor's office every once in a while. Went in, having been on this diet for some time, Thought I'd done okay, got on the scale, I was a little disappointed. I had not lost as much as I thought I had. But the scale doesn't lie. I don't think. I wish it would fib a little once in a while. Month later, I went into the doctor's office. And I got to tell you, I was on vacation and we had 4th of July and I was feeling a little puffy. <laughs> this is going to be ugly. I don't even want to get on it. Any of you just, I, you, maybe you're not like, I just don't even get on the scale. I don't want to. I got on the scale, I had dropped 10 pounds. There's a lot of times we don't feel something. That doesn't mean truth isn't truth. And when it comes to our faith, can I just encourage you, you can absolutely hang on to the truth of God's word. You may not feel like you're different, but if you've come into a relationship with Jesus Christ, you have been washed. Your sins have been removed. 
You have been sanctified. You may not feel special, but you have been set aside for a holy purpose and the Spirit of God is changing you even in your character. You are justified. You may not feel like your sin is in the past, but let me tell you, the enemy keeps telling you, you know what? You're just, that's all still here. That's not really cared for. But can I tell you that in Jesus Christ, your record is expunged. And that is great news if you're a messy. You see, God is incredible. He takes what other people consider trash and he turns it into something beautiful. I don't know if you've ever seen this before. This uh, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, it came to my attention of, um, of a philharmonic orchestra down in South America that is very unique. I want to show you that this morning. Me llamo Juan Manuel Chávez, más conocido como Baby, tengo 19 años y toco el cello. Este cello está hecho de una lata de aceite, la madera tirada en la basura y las clavijas son de una vieja cuchara para golpear la carne y para hacer el ñoquis. Y suena así. Una comunidad como Caldeura no es un lugar para tener un violín. De hecho, el violín, un violín cuesta más que su casa. En ese grupo acá mismo encontramos el colado de violín. Y de ese empezamos a comerlo reciclado. muy fácilmente. No tenemos que desechar a las personas muy fácilmente. ¡Fuerte, fuerte! Isn't that an incredible story? You, you may not have been able to see it all. It's called the landfill harmonic. <laughs> if you couldn't see all the language in there, you couldn't obviously understand what was being said. It's an incredible story. Those entire shows have been done on the story behind this. One of their favorite phrases is that, you know what? You shouldn't throw away trash and you shouldn't throw away people either. The conductor said these words in one of the other videos. People throw out trash, we throw back music. 
I love how they use old oil drums and old tin cans and parts of a meat tenderizer. Fascinated, they use forks to attach the strings on the violins. And the enemy would love to convince you that you are trash. He would love to convince you that you'll never be different. God will never use you. Your past is your identity. And that's a lie. In Christ, you are washed. In Christ, you are being transformed and changed, sanctified. In Christ, your record is expunged. And in case you wondered how God feels about messy people, in Isaiah chapter 49 or 41, it says this, I have called you back from the ends of the earth, saying, you are my servant. For I have chosen you, and I will not throw you away. Don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen and help you. I will uphold you by my victorious right hand. And what blew me away when I finished writing this message is it dawned on me is that God is not really repurposing us at all. He's just bringing you into the purpose he's always had for you. So don't buy into the lies. Buy into his promises. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. I love how full of meaning and pictures your word is. And Lord, there are some that walked in this morning and they're believers in Jesus Christ, but they've been weighed down by the lies of the enemy. And I I pray that today we would embrace your promises. Embrace your promises, not the lies. But there are some who walked in this morning that, Lord, I believe they, they want hope, they want change. They came in this morning feeling like maybe this is a place where they might be able to see that happen and they don't really know why, they just believe they need to be here. And today you've heard not theory, not my idea of what it means to walk with Christ. It's just been his promise, his word to you. Lunge for him. There is no situation in life, there is no sin that is so so distancing that Christ will not run to you if you simply turn to him. It begins with acknowledging Jesus Christ, I believe you are the Son of God. It continues with a heart that says, Lord, I am desperate for you to change my life. I give you everything that I am. I ask you to forgive me. I ask you to cleanse me. I ask you to wash me.
in the name of Jesus Christ. And by faith, Lord, I believe that I can trust in you. Make me into the man of God, the woman of God that you want me to be. I I say yes to you. I embrace truth today. Holy Spirit, take up residence within my life and begin to change me and even convict me, but help me, oh God, walk with you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Colonial Woods Missionary Church presents Keys to Confident Living.